the game was different, right? The the, the rules was different. The ball. Oh, was the, Euro, different. The, Euro, the Euro style is different in America. The Euro style was a lot different in America. <laughs> That's the Especially. first time y'all seen that Euro step too, huh? Absolutely. This morning, this afternoon, this evening, depending on what time zone you're in, uh, we are joined by a young man called Josh Steele. Josh, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so thanks for having me on, first of all. Um, so I'm a five-year pro. Um, start my fifth year with the Manchester Giants, so I'm back in the BBL. Uh, was in Spain for about two and a half seasons um, for a few teams in La Plata and um, in La Boro. And... Um, yeah, start my career with the Surrey Scorchers, but yeah, like I said, now I'm back in the BBL. Nice, man, nice. And how's that going real quick? How's how's the BBL life been treating you? It's good, man. I'm enjoying Manchester. Like, I'm a southerner, so I didn't even really, uh, I never really thought I'd be living up north, but I'm enjoying it, man. Like, of course, uh, you know, living in Manchester is really nice. Like, we're right in the middle of the city, so I get to really experience it. So I'm enjoying it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really um, enjoying being back home. Okay, nice, nice, nice. You know, I'm a Southerner too, and uh, when I went and worked for Myasco up in Preston, man, I was like, this is a completely different universe. So, yeah, when it's all farm and, and, and fields and all the rest of it, so it was a, a interesting voyage, but no, um, it's great. Um, okay, so, you know, we're going to start with, um, you know, you getting into college basketball. Um, do you want to explain how your dream of becoming a college athlete came about? Well, it's just naturally, it's, uh, I feel like it's, it goes without saying when you play basketball in this country, it's all you're ever told, you know, go to the States, it's what you need to do. So from then seeing NCAA games on TV and all of that stuff, I was like, yeah, okay, I want a career in basketball, so I need to go to the States. So I guess it came from there. And then I was fortunate enough to be able to go to Barkin Abbey, where, you know, they have a really good setup and, you know, a whole system put in place for helping players go to the States and get a lot of advice and things like that. So, yeah, no, I was just lucky to be in that position. Okay, nice. Um, and who was coaching you down in Barkin? A number of people, but, you know, uh, Coach Lloyd Gardner, so my coach now at Giants. Um, yeah, he helped me from since I was like 12, we were up to 18 and back you know now again <laughs> okay no that's pretty cool um all right so uh you went to duquesne right yeah 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 duquesne. um okay so how and why did you choose duquesne to be honest man it was uh looking back on it it was a really poor decision because i for for maybe like during the whole process and I had cut off a lot of schools and windling down my decision. I had decided that I wanted to go to Davidson, okay. which is in the same conference. Yeah, um, had a really good relationship with Bob McKillop and the rest of the coaching staff. They were recruiting me back when they were in the in the SOCON before they went to the A10. So I had known them for a few years. I decided, yeah, I'm gonna go. And then kind of like last minute, they were like, okay, like everything's in order. Like, do you have like a language qualification? And I didn't take language at GCSE. Like it's just not something I opted to do. So I was sort of faced with the predicament of, well, you know, I could go to a prep school or, you know, like, you know, just find another school. And I was, yeah, I just didn't really want to go to prep school. It wasn't in my, it wasn't the way I have my life planned set up. You know, I was going to go yeah. to D1 right away, all of that. 
Uh, but anyway, after shortly after that fell through kind of thing, um, Duquesne was very quick to sort of like message me, get in touch, come to Barky and speak to me and all of that. And it didn't really take much because again, all I saw was the conference. I saw A10, that's the conference I wanted to be in. I'll make it work, I'll go there. So it wasn't the most informed decision, but I was young and you know, what are you gonna do? I hear you, I hear you. Um, and for those that are unaware, uh, A10 is the Atlantic 10, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so what 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 made you want to play in the Atlantic Ten? Well, it's a good conference, like a really good, well-respected conference, man. Like I would say, <laughs> like uh, every other school other than Duquesne has pretty much had a run in the NCAA tournament. Like you've got Davidson, for example, George Washington, even did back in the day, VCU, Richmond. You know, uh, Dayton. There's a ton of great schools in that conference. It's like a it's a basketball conference, so. I thought it was a good enough level for me to play at, like mid-major, but still having a chance and opportunity to play against, you know, uh, you know, there are some of the power conference schools as well. Like this was the idea of going to um, Davidson, but just being in the same conference, playing against those kind of schools in that conference, I felt like, you know, that was just the opportunity I was kind of looking for. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Um... And I'm curious, what other schools did you have, you know, looking at you, what what, what was the range of schools? A few, man, and it's hard to say, because again, being at Barkin, like, you're, you see so many college coaches come in and out. And so like, from the time, you gotta imagine, from the time that I was maybe like 14, 15, practicing with some of the older guys, there's coaches coming in from then. So my memory's a bit, like there's a, there was a lot of okay. schools that came and went. There was a lot of schools that came and went. So for example, like I spoke to Gonzaga and like Marquette for a while, but again, like came and gone. And then there'll be schools like back uh, like JMU, um, UTSA, uh, like South Carolina. Like like it was all over the place. It was like, it was quite a long recruitment process. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and what type of scholarship did you get? And did your grade, like you, well, you kind of touched on it already saying about your English, but um, you know, what, uh, what, you know, what scholarship did you get and, and did your grades play a factor? Oh, it was a full scholarship and it wasn't really, it wasn't, my grades weren't a problem. It's the fact that I didn't have, uh, like, I didn't take French or Spanish. Oh, and okay. They were private institutions, so they kind of like, they have their own set of rules, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, my my like my GCSEs were fine. Like I didn't have a problem with that. My SATs could have been higher, but would have got me into most schools. Just if I wanted to go Ivy League or whatever, I would have had. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. I didn't have any problems there. Okay, okay. Um, and what questions? You know, when you was going to um, to Duquesne, what questions did you ask the coach? And I guess two part here. Like, what do you wish? you, you know, you inquired about, you know, what more research did you need to do? Well, the difficult thing is like, I feel like when you're talking to a college coach, like they're not just coaches, they're kind of like, their whole job is to sell the school. So you can kind of ask any question you want and they're just gonna tell you what you want to hear. You know what I mean? So at the time I felt like I was asking the right questions, i.e. like, where do I fit in the system, this, that and the third. Like, and they're just going to tell me what I want to hear. Like, end of the day, like, yeah, if you work hard, you'll play. Like, we want you to do this, we see you do this. They show you highlights or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, so I felt like I asked the right questions. I would just say I personally didn't don't think I did enough of my own due diligence. 
And one of the biggest things that I sort of like look back on and really regret that I didn't really notice very well on is that the head coach at Duquesne at the time hadn't really had much experience with players from Europe. Now, granted, mm-hmm. Ovi Soko went, went to Duquesne as well, but Ovi had already been in high school. He, you know, he's already been in the American system, so he's not your typical European player. Yeah. And um, I'm not even sure, I'm not even sure, um, he wasn't even there, the, that head coach wasn't there when Kieran was there. So I was the only international player on the team. And that actually like, it affected me a lot while I was there because simple things that I had been, that we're taught in Europe to do, for example, one-handed passes and things like that. Oh yeah. I'd be, I'd be made to run for that. So for me, it was just like, yeah, I would should have, I, I wish I paid more attention to the kind of players he recruited and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And if a coach has dealt with European players in the past, they'll understand how, you know, your European basketball is and be more tolerant and maybe even more open-minded. Whereas mm. I felt like, yeah, I just ignored all of that and just went, well, I'll make it work. I'm good enough, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's funny, especially that you bring that up because um, I've, I've coached at two places um, and, you know, <clears throat> over here in the States and it's like, you know, bringing in the, the European flavor to it, you know, the one-handed passes, the kind of um, flow offenses and all the rest of it. And, you know, I've had coaches or owners or whoever like have issues and I'm like, man, this is kind of crazy. I'm like, no, nope, yeah. like, no, this is how our juniors play. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, I've been, been taught how to do these kind of things since, you know, like, for most of my life playing basketball, you can't take that out of me now. I feel like I'm going backwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, season one, we spoke to quite a few people. I know Renee Bush from uh, Seven Oaks, she talks about, you know, her, her playing at home, she's a, she's a combo guard. She plays mm-hmm. one, she plays two, maybe a little bit of three. And then, you know, when she went to, to, to Penn, yeah. It was just all like, hey, you are the two and you're running down this side of the wing and nothing else. And yeah. then, you know, she talks about it being a hard adjustment. So boxing college, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 interesting. So um again, you kind of talked on it a little bit, but what's the the, the Atlantic ten conference like in terms of uh style of play? You know, um is it a big league or is it a shooters league, ISO play? Uh, it's 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 typical mid-major man like for example okay just take the schools that do well they usually like davidson they run a pretty good motion offense have a good uh flavor of players that you know like you know good shooters good size like they're able to compete with you know they get big wins against you know power conference schools so they match up pretty well they're just a bit smaller so yeah no it's a competitive league okay okay nice so we're going to talk about, I guess, uh, starting to wear the turning point. So you did two years at Duquesne. Now, what is the reason why you only did two years? A number of reasons, to be honest, man. A number of reasons. So basketball, like, I just wasn't feeling it for the exact reason we just said there. Like, I felt like I had been made promises that weren't really, you know, I wasn't being, more than anything, I don't feel like I was being made into a better basketball player. Just period. So like there just wasn't enough attention to my game. I was just sort of being told to shoot the ball and this was kind of it. And I had much more of a, I had much more aspiration for my game than just being an out and out shooter. 
Um, and yeah, I just looked at that for the basketball. I just wasn't, I didn't really feel like it was cutting it. So I always wanted to transfer. And then on the other side of things, as far as off the court, I just don't think I was really being supported in the way that I felt like I wanted to be, being that far away from home. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't feel like in certain situations, the coaching staff had my back and I just didn't want to be there anymore. Like, it's why I, why leaving was so abrupt. I'd kind of just had enough. Oh, so okay. I decided to leave at a very, a very, uh, it was like in the middle of the season. It's the why I didn't just naturally transfer. Because yeah. you got to imagine like in January, um, the transfer window is like, I'd be making just as bad a decision by pick by going to a school where, you know, I'm just going to any school that will take me at that point. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I figured, um, let me come home, wait the rest of the season out and just wait for the next, wait for the end of the season and we'll go from there. But um, the way things played out, like, um, sorry, I don't know if I'm asking your question. This is kind of just, this is just no, kind no, of no, how yeah, it, yeah, go ahead. But yeah, um, so I got in touch with an agent and yeah, he was just like, well, why you make a decision, whether you go decide to go back to the States or not, I'll represent you regardless. But um, yeah, he was giving me options as far as pro and all of that stuff. And the more, to, more I got to talking to him, I was kind of just like, you know, I've always wanted to be a professional basketball player. Like, what am I going back for? Like, I didn't enjoy it. Why do I want to take this risk again? I have these opportunities right here in front of me now. And I kind of just bet bet on myself, you know. I always felt like I could I could be a pro basketball player. Like I'll do the work. Like um, yeah, I'll make I'll make sure. Like I went over to the states for a year and a half, and I don't feel I got any better. I was working myself out. Like I remember because I wasn't playing my freshman year, like not at all. Like after games, I'd be with the managers. Like I'd like pull one aside and I'd work out for an extra hour and a half or whatever. So like I knew I'd do the work to be able to be a pro. So I just decided no. I'm, better myself and yeah let me do this mm, okay um that's interesting especially it being um like mid-year and i guess yeah uh the transfer window you know it's like kind of hit and miss at that at that point um in time and in, in the year um mm. but why why did you not think to yourself hey look it didn't work out here and I know you said that, you know, you wanted to play pro anyway, but why did you not think, hey, look, I'm gonna give it another shot at another school, you know, clear my head, come home for a while, reacclimate myself, you know, get back right and then make a better decision than I did the first time around. It just wasn't as appealing to me as going and living my dream. You know what I mean? As someone, someone offers you like, here, yeah, you can do what you've always wanted to do since you're a kid shooting in the back garden now or you can bumble around in school and I don't really know what I want to learn yet and all these other things and, you know, take two years to do that. And I just thought like, especially like I'm talking to this agent and he's talking to me about like, well, we've got this offer in A2, we've got this here, this here, this here. I'm like, well, my waste of my time over here for, I can come and do this now. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'll be fine. Like I always felt like, okay, well, this gives me two years to be in the environment that all of my peers still have to wait another two years for. I can get two years up on them. Like, you know, like now, like yeah. I'm a, I'm a five year veteran and I'm 24. Yeah. You know, there are people, we have a rookie on our team now who's 24. So like, you know, I'm already four years deep in the game on him, which is what really matters at the end of the day. Once you learn, you become a pro, like 
where you went to school and how well you did in school. Two seconds, man. Sorry, I have coaching in a minute. Um, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't thought we had a bit more time. Um, yeah. So I felt like um, when you get in, when you become a pro, like where you go to college and stuff like that, like uh, you know, once if you don't, it, it's year to year. So if you would, no matter how well you did in college, if you did okay that first year as a rookie, and then not so much, like those those years of college don't matter as much. What matters is what you're doing each year as a pro. So that's why I felt like um, it was more okay. important. Okay, I like it. Um, what was the hardest thing about making the decision to, to, to leave? It's scary, isn't it? I mean, like at the end of the day, like it took me a while to get my first job in the end. My first two um, offers didn't really work out. They were trials. Like I went to Italy. I, I have a video on YouTube about this if you really want to go and like really mm. listen to the out and out bits of the story. But um, yeah, like I was in Italy. Uh, that didn't that didn't quite work out. Like that deal fell through. It was in Slovenia. That deal fell through again. And you know, um, it's September and I don't have a job. So that's scary, man. And like you ask any professional basketball player, you pretty much go through that every single year, unless you've re-signed. You know, like right after the season, you don't know what you're going to be doing year to year, and you're just hoping that you're going to get some money on the table uh, next season. So this is that is that was the scariest thing, like. I believed in myself, but I had just gone to my first trial and essentially like whether it's my fault or not or the agent's fault, like I didn't get the job. Went again, same thing. My fault or the agent's fault, didn't get the job. So now I'm sitting here just like, well, you know, what now? And I'm not hearing the phone ring. But mm -hmm. like, like, um, Lloyd, Lloyd Creon, Creon needed, Creon needed another guy. And they uh, didn't have a, you know, a huge budget for anyone special. So, you know, I just have to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you're special. You don't put yourself down. Yeah, no, I'm not putting myself down. <laughs> you're not mean. I got you. I got you. I just go by anyone. Anyone, you know. Yeah, I got you. All right. Um, what do you think you could have done differently um, to change the outcome? Do you know what I mean, uh, you know, obviously, as you said, you bet on yourself, and everything was, you know, cool, and you don't regret the decision. But what do you think you could have done differently, either from the recruitment process or the um, leaving process to kind of change the outcome? I think I just would have been less arrogant and accepted that maybe either whether it's another year of Barking or a year of prep school to go to the school that really, really wants you. That would have been that would have changed everything. Like I. I Again, this is not to say that I regret, but I think my career would not, it would be completely different. I, I think, because like I said, you're, it's, a, it's the difference between a school that's come along last minute and a school that's been recruiting me for, what, three, four years? Like, you know, they want you there, they're invested in you and this, that, like, it, there's, a, there's a huge difference. So, and that goes from all the way down to, like I said, not just on the court, like I didn't feel like the coaching staff really really had my back and at the end of the day when you're a million miles away from home that's, that's what you want you need another family over there and you know i didn't, <clears throat> I didn't feel like i had that yeah definitely <laughs> definitely we talk about that a lot all throughout all three seasons um how were you treated or how were you received by your friends and peers and your parents you know what i mean like once you say hey I'm, you know, as a kid, you know, I go to Barking Abbey, I'm chipping away at this, getting to America dream, you get there and then you turn around and go, actually, I'm done. 
you know, was there resentment? Was there, you know, people ridiculing you? Like, was people supportive? What, what was the reaction you got? Like, first of all, like, my dad supports me in whatever I do. Like, he's amazing for all that. So he's like, he, and again, like, you know, me talking to him day to day, he knows I'm not happy there. So he just wants me to be happy at the end of the day. So nothing, no, of course, nothing from him. And he's he's happier I'm back home anyway, you know what I mean? He gets to see me again. So yeah, he's yeah, happy yeah. with that. If anyone was ridiculing me, I don't know about it. So you know, like, yeah, I didn't hear, but I didn't hear anything. And I get <laughs> my, my friends like, yeah, they ask why, and they're like, oh, are you going to go back? And like, what about school? What about education? And of course, all of this comes up. But like again, just like I'm telling you now, I tell them why I made my decision. I felt like I just thought about it. I didn't rush into it. I've weighed all these things up. So it's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. It, was, it was my decision. I own it. <laughs> okay, I like it. Just hey, it happened. Okay. Yeah, um, was there any value in going to the states? Yeah, of course. Like I met, don't get me wrong. I met great people. Like I, like I was um, the team we had there. So maybe not the staff, but I don't think I've ever been on a team where the guys were as close knit as we were. Like seriously, that that was the family of anything. Like really messed with all the guys on the team. And just college in general, you learn things like time management and all these other things that, you know, help you to become a young adult. So all of that's good. And it's not all bad. Like you get the access to the gym and I, I couldn't work out the way I was working out, you know, back then in England without, you know, having to kick badminton off that or, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, there's benefits. There's, there's benefits to every uh, situation, no matter how negative it is, you know? So yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely, I definitely value the experience. Okay, cool. Um, I know you got to go soon, so we've got last four questions. Um, what is your level of independence um, in college and what do you think somebody should know how to do before they get to college? Right. I didn't feel very independent in college because they're kind of on you all the time. Like, you have no free time. Like, if you think you have an off day, you're doing something. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, hey, we gotta go. We got dinner or something like that. You never really, I didn't really feel very independent. But um, also, we had to live on campus. Like, they don't know Duquesne now, but at the time, like, we couldn't live on off campus. So we dined in the school diner and all of that. So like, I didn't have to cook. Be me, like, I had lived alone uh, for a bit. Like when I went to uh, when I was at Barking my last year, I stayed closer to the school, so I knew how to cook and stuff. But none of those skills were needed when I was in the States. Like, you know, you can get food pretty easily anywhere in America and it's all free. So to be honest, I didn't feel very independent. The only thing that I'm independent on kind of is schoolwork. And even then you have tutors that will help you out and nag you to do work. So I'll be honest, I didn't feel very independent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, you mentioned a little bit about time management before. Um, yeah. What else, you know, would you suggest that, you know, they, they learn and adapt or, or have an idea of? Well, you said, you, when we were talking about this a little bit before, you was just like distractions. And I think that's important. Although I don't have any horror stories myself necessarily about, you know, necessarily getting too involved with drugs or alcohol or anything like that. Like I don't have any like wild stories to tell you, you know, like not a dare story, nothing like that. But I will say it's very real. Like you just can't get lost in the source. Like, I understand it's very normal for all kids that go to university, like, you're liberated, you're away from your parents, like, less responsibilities, and there's all these other young people, and you can just go and party all the time. And, like, yeah, that's fun, and you should be a college kid and enjoy yourself, but 
you are there for a reason. So like, you just have to, you know, you have to have a balance. I think balance is important. I wouldn't say go all in and just never party and never socialize. At the end of the day, you'll meet people in college through that and they'll be lifelong friends. They'll be partnership, you know, things made for the connections made for the future. But balance is important. So I will say that over okay. time, I think that's important in college. Yeah, okay. definitely. Perfect. So, um, I like the fact that you kind of touched on that question as well, dealing with the distractions and, and drugs and stuff. Um, are there any vices that you found to be not as destructive? You know, was there stuff that you did that kind of, you know, when you're homesick and all the rest of it, that kind of took your mind off things and, you know, it wasn't detrimental? Yeah, I won't say that though, because I don't want to say that I was doing any of these things to cope with me being away from home like if i did any of these things it was only because i wanted to and i'm like okay. in an environment fun. do you know what i mean like none yeah, of yeah, it yeah. wasn't necessarily do you know what i mean okay so i got you i wouldn't know if i would say that no okay cool um last one uh what advice would you give to um to a new recruit that wants to go to america that's you know thinking about hey uh, I want to go play in, this, in in D1, D2, whatever. Um, you know, what's your advice? All right, first of all, I think you need to know why you're going to the States. If you're just going to the States because you just want to go to America, well, I would like weigh it up with whether you could do what you're doing here or potentially somewhere else in Europe because I don't think going to just a random JUCO in Wyoming is like necessarily like, you don't, you don't understand what I'm saying? Like you have to have a reason for going. Don't just go to the States because it's what everybody's told you to do. And then don't do either. Don't chase conferences. Don't chase big name schools. Go to, I don't know who said it the other day. I think it was like Spencer Dinwiddie or something like that. But it's just like picking girls, man. Give the one that gives you the most attention, reciprocates, reciprocates the love. Don't like, at the end of the day, the school's got to fit you. You shouldn't be fitting the school kind of thing, you know, like. Like I said as well, like when you're a pro, you find people that have come from D2s, have come from low mid, low low D1 schools, and all sorts of places that end up playing in the highest leagues, making six figures because you know they're in good situations that help them flourish and stuff like that. So I'd say you need to do your due diligence and find the school that fits you, not the other way around. Perfect, perfect. Hey, my man. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and and, and hanging no out with us today. No problem at all. Thank you. Hi, my man. Appreciate you watching the Eurostepping. I want to thank everybody for watching Eurostepping. Watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping. The Eurostepping. Eurostepping. You've been watching the Eurostepping, a great podcast show hosted by Coach D.